my professor was like, I really, I don't want you to personify the fruit. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, we're going, I'm like, okay, you tell me that you don't want me to do something. And then I'm going to do the oh, thing. That's and only going to give you hunger. That gives me hunger. Hey, hey, did I do that? the name of the show that you're listening to and it's a podcast about graphic design and mistakes and how the two the two are they got married they're in love and we all are at their wedding um which i guess is this it's very disappointing um i'm gonna i'm gonna throw the bouquet over my shoulder to you that's because I am the host and my name is Sean Schumacher. Maybe I already said that part. Boy, this is a, this is a messier intro than these ordinarily are. And that's a pretty low bar when you're as few episodes in as I am. However many that is. Today I am, I'm joined by a very, very special guest. Um, my, my friend, uh, my colleague, my boss in some ways. Um, my, my thesis advisor several hundred years ago. <laughs> Um, here at Portland State University, she, she helps to run the School of Art and Design as the associate director. It is Kate Bingaman Burke. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Oh, thank you, Kate. Thank you, thank you for being here. Of course. I, I feel honored to be here. Well, I, I think, I think it's a good way to, <laughs> to kind of kick things off because it, like, a lot of this show is about, like, you know, kind of where we started and, Meeting you, like you were the first design person I knew in Portland by a mile. Um, you are not from Portland, though, originally. No, you I are am not. I am from the Midwest. The Midwest. Yeah, no, I'm from, I was born in Wisconsin. My first teaching job um, outside of grad school was at Mississippi State University. 2004, 2008, go dogs. Um, but that's, <laughs> the, I, that's... It's not an inspiring rallying cry. <laughs> Hey, go, go, shoe dogs, go, dogs, go. go dogs. Get out of here. Bully the bulldog was the mascot for, I know, Did, I know. Was it an actual bulldog yes. wearing like a, like there, a Letterman jacket? They, it was a, they have a, 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 a very, um, deep, um, love for the bully, the bulldog family at Mississippi state. There are generations of bullies. Um, this, this is a bulldog breeding program that yes. they're running. Oh no. I'm not even kidding you. Like there's been many bullies and they all are, they're all related. So <laughs> bully comes out, um, at the beginning of football season, bully. Yeah. But football's big. How so. do they, I assume the bullies retire at some point and they have do. to be replaced. I think they die. And then they, have but is, another... the, is there just like a period where, I mean, every dog that I know that gets really old, they're just, they're very slow. I mean, I think and they get retired and then chill. like, the, then their offspring like takes over. But I, I love the idea of we're opening the football game and everyone runs out. And, and then, then there's then like this like geriatric little puppy. Like, <sighs> it's like, oh, I got to do this again. Oh man, I'm so <laughs> sick of this. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Yeah. So that I that's that's that I, four years in the South. But I mean, <laughs> where I went, See, to, I, I'm learning things from this already. And I've known you for like half of your life, I would say. <laughs> but, but I mean, where I went to college at, though, I mean, it's debatable with Missouri yeah. because like there's parts of it's Missouri feels like it could be multiple regions. Honestly, yeah. like where I grew up in central Missouri where I feel like everyone very much was like, oh, this is not the South. But then I went to school at College of the Ozarks, which sounds very Southern when you say College of the Ozarks. And it was Southern Missouri. It was Branson, Missouri. And every I'm like it's like everyone. <laughs> there was like a heavier accent that happened down in the South, like Southern Missouri. Yeah. There's definitely more of a twang that was non-existent in Central Missouri. So, yeah, yeah. And I don't, it's, it's weird. Missouri is a, Missouri is a weird space. <laughs> it's a very weird place, but that's where I've spent so far. I mean, this is my, I'm starting my 14th year at, in Portland. Have you, have you reached the point where like you've been a designer for half your life? Uh, the very first thing that I designed, well, we could, we could go way back. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to go as far back as you want. Okay. So my very first business. Oh no. My, so. 
context. Okay. I feel very fortunate to have grown up with a family who supported um, my entrepreneurial ideas. Yeah. Um, my my mom and dad all like me growing up from for as long as I can remember until I graduated high school. That's when they did their kind of career shift. They were weavers. They were self-employed weavers. And so like yeah. I grew up like the family business was 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 making things, selling things, going to um street fairs, going to, you know, galleries, just like it was it was like that was the business. Like I would like wind yarn and get paid like five cents for each skein that I would wind. Like I and so it's <laughs> Sounds it's also, like you're working in the nineteenth century. I know, but it was also like I was very like I would just sit there and I would watch this like stack of nickels grow. Yeah. And I was very motivated by that. And I know that it, I was just like, I got it <laughs> again. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But when I was, um, when I was 11 and I would say this is probably the first thing that I designed. Like I wanted to, we had two. So the town I grew up in had 600 people somehow supported two flower shops. <laughs> don't know how um but i had two flower shops so that was like the place where you could like get little gift items and things like this and i wanted to i, I developed a line of pins that um also back up a little bit my family was a big catalog family like oh sure like this was to give a time frame so this was probably mid to late 80s yeah um so pre-internet catalogs yeah. were definitely for me like as someone who was just like i loved catalogs i loved magazines my grandma who lived in wisconsin would like send us boxes of um vanity fairs people magazines and her catalogs and like getting wow. a we would probably get boxes two times a month for my grandma. And that was like my like like gateway to the world, basically. And so I had all of this like visual ephemera that I cherished. 100. I mean, I just would keep all the catalogs and also back up. Another thing that I designed um, earlier was like, I, I, I've I always loved books and things in just visual everything. Although I didn't really like seem, I wasn't like, I'm going to be a graphic designer. Um, but I made my own library, even though we lived at the end of a gravel road. It wasn't like I was going to have friends over to like check out books, but I wanted to like organize everything. And so yeah. the catalogs and the magazines like very much didn't get thrown away. Like they did not get recycled. They got a pattern that has continued on to today. Continued on to this day. Well, no, you were you were actually cleaning a lot of stuff out today. I have two modes. I either yeah. keep everything or I throw everything away. And that last mode is very dangerous. I've thrown away a lot of really <laughs> good things. Um, but I started kind of like, you know, just as a kid does, like cutting things out of catalogs, cutting things out of magazines. And then because my mom just had like kind of all these different like making tools around. I started mounting the clipped out images from catalogs and magazines onto foam core. And then I would take, again, my mom just happened to have a gold edged like marker wow. and I would like gild the corners. And then I asked my mom, I was like, Hey, can I buy some pinbacks and some glue? And I, like made these like fold over display cards. And then my dad took me to the, like it wasn't a home Depot. It was whatever the, the, like the um, lumber store. And yeah. I got two, um, two uh, like shutters, window shutters. And I spray painted those. And that's how I hung the pins that I sold. Oh my gosh, you had a display. <laughs> I, I created a display. And then I went to the two flower shops and I was like, can you sell these for me? Can I sell them here? And um, and they did. And I sold them for each one was uh like I think 250. Wow. And I would like restock and like people would buy them. The copyright is just out of this. <laughs> like you don't even want to think about that. But like, I mean, it's 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 probably about as fair use as like an issue of crap hound. Exactly, you know, exactly. It's all kind but of it the was same. it was again at that that moment though that was like really I feel like that my uh my my desire to kind of like that that entrepreneurialism uh bug yeah. really bit me hard then because I was like oh my goodness like like. I just took, I just made this thing basically from something that, you know, I was not going to use anymore. Or I was going to throw away and I, and people are buying like that. That was like a really um, exciting thing for me. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you look at it now and it's just like, this is kind of crappy, but like I was 12 and, and 
it was, I think my mom even still has some of them, you know, like it's, it's ridiculous, but that I feel like is probably the first thing that I ever designed. Wow. Um, well, and that it was a thing that you like actually properly turned into a business, I, did. I think I is did. the other, the other part of the Kate spirit. Yeah. Like, and I, and, and that's the thing too, where it's like, I know there's this like meme or something like, why can't, why do you always have to monetize your hobbies? But like, that's. <laughs> That's, that's a meme directed specifically at you. That's very much where it's like I I'm always I'm always kind of like, oh, well, maybe I could th- I can't just do this to enjoy it. <laughs> how do I how do I build a business plan out of it and, and, and get it out to people and to the public? But but that was that was my first my first attempt at it. Yeah. And I feel very, very uh, fortunate that. My mom and dad like saw that I wanted to do that and weren't like, oh, that's dumb. You're not going to do that. But like, hey, yeah, we'll hop into the truck, Katie, and we'll take you to the lumber store and get you your your window shutters that you want as a display <laughs> item and not be like, oh, do you think that's a really great idea? Do you want to do that? And yeah, sure. Well, here's a couple bucks for some gold spray paint. And you can just because I mean, that's also something talking about Kate DNA. Yeah, like, gold, like that started that started very young too um we, we were talking about before before we started recording that there are essentially like you you can excavate like down into from current kate down into these previous kates and little parts and pieces are there's still there definitely there's definitely a very strong um through line for all of it yeah and i mean a lot of the stuff you know, that you can kind of excavate from that DNA. You know, it's like, oh, I would never do that anymore. But like, there's definitely there's there's things that I I, I keep on doing and I, I still like it. You grew up in a family of artists. Yeah. You your grandmother was also a illustrator, illustrator. a book illustrator. Yeah. I still even and this is I think about this. I'm very conscious of this when I'm in the classroom, when I'm teaching workshops that like I grew up in a creative family and I didn't think that I could draw. I like was very critical of any sort of kind of like creative endeavor. When I was in high school, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything like this. I want to be a journalist. Like I do not want to go into art. And I also just didn't think I could draw. Yeah. Like I was just like, no, I can't draw like my grandma. Like this is this is not for me. This is not for me. Yeah. her. I mean, her work is that like really luscious. Like, <laughs> yes. Like-, like she knew how to do like 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 her her brush line looks I mean it, it looks mechanical yet it's all like but like lovingly yeah. mechanical like it's that it's that super trained 1940s 1950s illustration style that also involves like a, a physical airbrush yeah. you know like it's <laughs> it's wild it's wild and so like and I remember talking to my grandma asking her and again she's a very amazing wonderful woman who inspires me every single day but when I would ask her like how do you draw she would look at me and she'd be like you just do it I'm just <laughs> that's like, helpful that's not helpful but for her it was so just automatic she, it was automatic and but the thing is that I did take away from her is like yeah you do just do it you got to start somewhere yeah. you just gotta you just gotta start building off of that you've got you've got to just start somewhere. Yeah. And um yeah, it's not going to look like what your grandma's making, but also <laughs> you've got to remember that when you were asking your grandma how you draw at this point, she like was 50 years into her career, something that she had been doing every single day since she was 18 years old. Like it was yeah. it was so automatic and so just like a part of her that it, the, the beginning part of it is you you just start it. You just do it and you build off of that. But that being said, I was like, that's hard. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I had really awful like ACT scores. And my parents, again, I mentioned that they were weavers. It wasn't like they had a huge college fund built up for me. So it was really yeah. going to have to rely on scholarships, which I got none. I got zero, zero scholarships because, um, man, I tried with the ACT. Like Missouri, I don't know. Those tests are so weird. I had such just lukewarm, not impressive standardized test scores. I had great grades, but my like I think they might have looked at the grades 
And then they looked at the test scores and they were just like, something's off here. What's going on? And I just, I got no scholarships, but there was a work study school in Missouri called College of the Ozarks that again, it's, it was a heavily Christian private school. The population was, I would say 90% preachers, kids, missionary kids. <laughs> Um, a fun group. Wanna be, wanna be evangelical preachers. Um, and then kids that had really probably bad SAT scores or ACT scores yeah. and were there on a need based basis. And that was me. They had some mass communication classes there, which I quickly hated and realized that that was a misstep. And then I ended up with a bunch of weirdos in the English program. That was actually great. Like I had such a weird college experience, but, and I still do this to this day where the things that I like to do are very much based on the people that I want to hang out with. And (laughs) it wasn't that I really wanted to be an English major. It was that I just like being around people and still do people who want to do things and people who have energy and people who like are excited about stuff. And, and that's also how I ended up in ceramics. Yeah. (laughs) The most exciting art. It was because I was like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do art. I can't draw, but I ended up kind of like hanging out with these people who dwelled in this basement ceramic studio. And I thought they're really cool and they listen to great music and they're really fun to be around. So I took a bunch of ceramics classes around that time. That's when um, the art school there started up the graphic design program and the graphic design professor looking back. His name is Marcus Melton. He's amazing. He was like 25 when it was his first job. And he was trying to recruit people into his graphic design classes. And he it was like really low enrollment. And he was in the ceramic studio. And he was like, hey, you should really take graphic design. And I was like, no, because I hate logos. And I know that you have to be really clean. And look at me. You know, it was just it was. And he was like, no, 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 no. And he he completely he completely like, change the way that I think about things in was it one of those things where it was just him and was that was the him. entirety of the graphic design program? Again, it was really wow. slow. There was like there was like 10 people in the major yeah. at the time, you know, and in it was just tiny. It was tiny, tiny, tiny. And again, like this was also like my first design class. I like it's funny because I absolutely love Letraset. Love it. I use it for my zine workshops. I use it for my resale workshops. Like I love, love, love Letraset. But my first project was actually like doing true like rub down Letraset and I hated it. I was like, this is awful. I can't be this clean. I can't be this neat. And once I was able to use it in an expressive way, it was it was my favorite, favorite sort of thing. But but then that's when computers were slowly being introduced too. So it was like a weird time where my first year of college was fall of 1995. And a- another big thing for me was because I was an English major, there was this place, it was the writing center. The guy who ran the writing center is still just like, he, he was this English professor named Dr. Carmen, who I just absolutely adore. And he was like, he basically like handpicked all of the kids that felt like they were misplaced at College of the Ozarks and invited them to work at the writing center. And that's where I just met some of the best friends in my life. And I'm actually, I have a Zoom call with Dr. Carmen and my friend Zach, who lives in Portland, Zach Schomburg. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna hang out with eighty one year old Dr. Carmen. Had had you met Zach Schomburg through through he, Dr. Carmen and that writing center? Yeah, wow. Yeah, he. So no, I take that back. Zach, I met Zach. He was in my uh, SOAR group, Success on the Academic Road. That was our oh. that was our orientation oh. group. And Zach had also wanted to have gone. He wanted to go to the University of Missouri Columbia and the journalism school, but. He did not. He ended up at College of the Ozarks, too. And we both were just like, what is this place? And we both were in those first couple mass communications classes where like, this is awful. And then Dr. Carmen found both of us. Like he basically was like, come to the writing center, be an English major. I will save you. Yeah, no, but seriously, like that's where we like that. I mean, that really does kind of play into this kind of like confluence of design classes, English classes. Again, I was surrounding myself with people that I really like. And I didn't feel like I that I was creative. I felt like I had these friends who were who were really great actors who and I I like loved I like worked backstage. Like I was like 
theater. I'm like, I'm going to help you. My friend, Will Manning, who I'm still really good friends with, who's an actor in New York City. I was like, I just want to be around you. Let me help you like dress you for these shows that you're in. And so I was like backstage. I was a big like your crew. I was a big crew person. I was just like, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. I didn't. And so, so again, I was like, like, I want to like, make sure that I can assist you talented folks and being as talented as possible. That's, I was very yeah. crew for theater. And then for, for English, like, I didn't feel like I was a good writer. I felt like Zach was the writer. Like, oh my God, Zach, your poems are so good. They're so good. More people need to know about these poems. And so my first I didn't call it a zine because I didn't know what a zine was. But my first <laughs> my first like design publication piece was me being like, Zach, more people need to know about your writing. And so I like took his word files and I like put together a chat book, basically a zine. And then I asked Dr. Carmen for the it was the copier in the business center that was like upstairs from the writing center. Oh, the fancy. Yeah. One. And so I was like, I was like, can I? have your copy code because I want to make I want to make 50 of these books <laughs> and, and it was awful like it was the cover of it it was called three months in a cult that was Zach's title I found like this the super pixelated photo I think it was like of Christopher Lloyd I don't know but it was from, it was, when I think cults I I definitely no, but it was, think it, he was like eating cereal or something it was like so all right so re- and, and then of course you know like this it was everything was set in a um it wasn't courier but it was a typewriter font I think it was Ah. American typewriter because I'm like, you know, and then of course, like after I had all these like, like books for Zach, I'm like, we need to like have an event where people can get these things. And that's when actually we started, it was, um, with Dr. Carmen's support, it was called coffee house later to be called symposium but (laughs) it was a bit of an upgrade there on the importance and so that's where i basically ran around and got my friends that i thought were making good artwork that they should show my friends that were writing one act plays my friends that were writing songs and i put together a show yeah and so and then that's when i started making like I did all like promos and publications. Like we did 12 of these. We did 12 of these. Holy shit. And and that right there was when I started feeling like things were like kind of like this feels good. Yeah. Like I liked, but I still didn't think I was creative. I just thought I was producing things. I I just basically is like my contribution to all of my friends that I feel like are doing awesome things. And again, because I was so scattered around, like I was in ceramics, I was in English, I was hanging out, not the graphic design kids, but the graphic art kids, because that's where you could screen print. Like I I had those as friends and theater kids. And then it was just like me, like encouraging, antagonizing. Sometimes I feel like maybe borderline bullying people into performing. So, and it had a printed component and then it had, these (laughs) and and but it's so funny though because it's like zach and i have talked about this because it's like the things that we were doing when we were 20 are kind of the things that we're doing right now yeah i was gonna say this sounds if you told me that modern kate was doing this i would not i mean this is be honest basically be honest our big like student portfolio show that we put on every year like just and that's what really lit me up basically like that that was but again I didn't have words for like this being a creative thing like I still I was a mediocre photographer I was a mediocre writer I was a mediocre designer but the thing where it's like I felt really like excited and comfortable and I felt like I might be good at this was cheerleading excitement and producing an event and I did that when I was in my early 20s that and zines are the two things that I'm still doing now So, yeah, you you are the hype man for the entire design scene. And I love that, though. Like, I feel like I feel like if I see someone that's doing something that other people need to be paying attention to, I'm a loud person. I want (laughs) I want to use I want to use my enthusiasm and my loud voice just to point. I've always been like, hey, look at this. Or, hey, come over here. Like, come on, let's do this. And I I really like being an enthusiast. 
that's kind of where I feel like I I got my sea legs, I guess, at being a enthusiast for other people and places and things. And that was those coffee houses and symposiums. But again, that's also where it's like, and and I I dug out some of the the flyers that I had made for symposium and coffee house. And like, that's the beginnings of a lot of kind of my, my love for DIY design. Like that's where I felt I spent my entire first year in the graphic design program trying to avoid the computer. And so <laughs> I did a lot of like cut and paste. I did a lot of paper mache. Um, <laughs> I I really put out way more energy and effort in avoiding the computer. If there had been a way to use a kiln to do graphic design, would you have done I, it? I would have. <laughs> um, but one of my very first graphic design projects, it was a total graphic design one thing where you had to like pick a vegetable and then you had to in nine different like three by three squares like represent it in nine different ways. Oh, sure. The vegetable medley. I picked an avocado. One of those nine squares, it ended up being a giant paper mache costume <laughs> called Avery. Hold, hold on. Avery the avocado. <laughs> gonna, gonna need to back up. A Avery the avocado, this is a costume. Is this a full-size costume? Yes, I have photos of this too. Okay, well now I'm going to need to see those yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and so... I, I, again, I just didn't want to use Photoshop, basically. And I wanted to, I, I built this giant costume, Avery the Avocado. I, my friend Tony, my friend Tony dressed up as Avery and we went around, we went around, <laughs> we went around the campus educating people on avocados. <laughs> And I did the thing. Why? <laughs> I thought it wasn't even part of it. Uh -uh, I thought it'd be fun. I thought it'd be fun. <laughs> and and it was also one of those things too, where, where Marcus, my professor, was like, "I really, we do. You, I don't want you to personify the fruit." And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, we're going. I'm like, okay, you tell me that you don't want me to do something, and then I'm going to do oh. the thing. That's and only going to give you hunger. That gives me hunger. And so I was like, I not only personified the avocado, I like turned it into a whole dang deal. And it was great. That really, I think that project right there, though, yeah. like that extra additional step of taking Avery out of the design classroom yeah. and having this thing that I designed just go around and talk to people and engage with people who have no idea of what I was doing, like, like being, and I think that's also why if I'm like thinking about this, like I think it's really important that students see how their design impacts people. Yeah. How it, and I think that's like, not one of just the, like I vegetable medley. Exactly. Like, like I, I want, I really want people to see the thing that they're making, how it engages with the environment or yeah. engages with the people that they're designing for. Granted, I wasn't designing the avocado for like the people who had to talk to Avery uh, they were very yeah. confused. They did, but it was you had fun. a very specific audience for it, this project, was, which was Marcus, and he explicitly told yeah, you not to do this. And that was just this. me because it's also <laughs> I've, you. You tell me to specifically not do something, and I will specifically try to do that thing. <laughs> but I got he loved it, so it was just like. I don't know. So, Kate, you're at College of the Ozarks. Yes. You are you are getting deep. Yes. Into the world of graphic design. Oh, you've, yeah. You've built the avocado conceptually and Zines. physically. <laughs> Raku firing, you know. Of course. <laughs> all the things. I definitely know what the last one was. Ceramics. Oh. Very dramatic trash can. Um, like you set things on fire and you get like really cool glazes and things like that. You had me at very dramatic trash can. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you in working in graphic design, you you kind of found your way to an actual graphic design job. Where, where in your career was was the story that we're about to hear? Oh, well, this was, so this was this happened in I was still at school. Yeah. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, too, like I'm like hanging out with. The English people and the 
play people and the art people. And I know like I had at least like two graphic design classes under my belt at this time. So, you know, I was like super good. <laughs> An oh, expert. I also, I also um, wrote for the newspaper too. So I was hanging out with the newspaper people <laughs> where, um, where I, I, I realized quickly because the newspaper at the time, everything was laid out in uh page maker, AKA rage maker. Um, and I hated it. I hated it. They tried to get me to do design stuff there. And I was like, no, I will write for you. I'm not going to deal with, with like page maker. No. Um, but however, my friend Zach and um, my friend Riley, I think they were editors of the Gordian Knot, which is the, <laughs> I know, name. which is the, that was the school literary magazine. And because I had laid out some of Zach's chat books and I was the person who had the two graphic design classes under their belt. They asked if I would be the designer for the Gordian Knot and they actually had a budget. So this was like a real printed piece. However, I couldn't do this on a photocopier. I couldn't like this was I had to like set up actual files. I had to like lay out text and like figure out a grid. And I was bad at all of those things. I had learned at Quark Express because InDesign did not exist. It was yes. Quark Express. I did not like Quark Express. No one um, did. But I decided that I was going to lay out this book in Illustrator, <laughs> which as <laughs> we all know, listening to this, uh -huh. that Illustrator is not a page layout program. Really? You yeah, I don't know if you knew that, Sean. But I wouldn't have guessed that from the name. I know. Adobe Illustrator uh -huh. um, should not ever be used to lay out multiple pages. You don't say. And even in, in 1998, uh, Adobe Illustrator didn't even have the capabilities to do multiple artboards. Yeah, you just have I one have to tell you, page, Sean, essentially. Illustrator is my favorite program in 2021. Write or die Illustrator. Write or die Illustrator. And I lay out all my presentation decks in Illustrator. I actually don't use real type. I use illustrated type and images. And so that way, yes, <laughs> in 2021. You, you have a proper reason for it. I have a proper reason for it. But in 1998, I had no business doing this. No, no one did. Because every single page was a separate file. Oh. <laughs> oh. I... For the listener, I teach page layout and what Kate just said made me die. I'm dead now. So that's going to color the rest of this recording. And I, I just like we did have a faculty advisor. I just really wish that the faculty advisor was like literally even an ounce engaged in what it is that we were doing. In, in this Gordian knot of in a this Gordian knot, bad like, idea magazine. Like. Because I also, though, because even though I wanted to lay, I want to, I mean, because I was, I mean, as you can tell, I could do whatever I want. I'm like, we're laying it out in Illustrator. The, yeah. Dur the, during the break, you were telling me about how you took over essentially multiple rooms. I did. At the school. I did. I did. <laughs> um, but I also, instead of the format for years and years prior was just a very simple, like eight and a half by 11, fold over, send it to print, we're done. Sometimes it was perfect bound, whatever. Oh, fancy. I, at the time, was going through a um, very, very, very hardcore um, love of Bell and Sebastian, which I still love them very much. Oh, but yeah. I really wanted the Gordian Knot to be square like a record cover. Oh, and just like all books. <laughs> all books should be square. Should be. Um, such a good shape for a book. And I also wanted to take one of my black and white photographs and turn it into a red duotone, just like, <laughs> I think it's if you're feeling sinister. Uh -huh. I think that's, yeah. And so everyone else thought that was a good idea too. So, mm -hmm. um, set some Clarendon on there, you're done. Yeah, exactly. Except I set Courier oh, on of course. there, not Clarendon. Um, Your first I, love. Yeah, my first love, Courier. And I set the entire book in Courier. I had, I think, Maybe some elements where I faded back the courier to like 70%. Whoa. I know. I, it created some depth. It's so ugly. And there's no, like I tried, I like eyeballed a grid. 
on every single page. I made up a new grid for every single document. And then you can take this book, which got printed. You can take this book and you can flip the corner where the page numbers are. And it's like, your added bonus is that you get this like animated flip book of page numbers. Just kind of dancing around. They just all dance around because there was no grid that they uh, were were a part of. So you're not you're also not duplicating each oh, of God, these pages no, to make the new page. New. <laughs> How many centuries did it take you to lay out? I have this to book? say it's like <laughs> I, that this definitely fell into the category of uh, working harder, not smarter. Yeah. And again, I just really wish that there was any sort of like outside supervision not just for like the design, but just even the content as well. Cause I dug it out the other day and I was reading all of the submitted bios. Horrible. Horrible. I mean, that's just like, it's just, cause I understand it's hard yeah. to write a bio. It's hard to write. I mean, we do this in our yeah. portfolio class. We want to make sure at least we give some sort of guidelines. Okay. It's going to be first person. It's going to be third person. We're going to have an editor for this. We're going to try to help it like give you a word count. So someone doesn't submit something that's like 300 words long. And yeah. then someone doesn't submit something that's like, my name is Kate. That's like my bio. And so, but this is my what, name is rectangle. Yeah. And this is exactly. And I was just like, this whole thing is awful, yeah. but I'm really happy that I still have it. That was, and it got printed and a lot of them were printed. And I also wish someone had pulled me aside and said, you might not want to use red as your duotone because this looks like a murder book. <laughs> I was going to say. It looks sinister. so sinister. If you're feeling sinister, I, I think chose that color not for, the Gordian for a reason. I know. It's so, it's awful. It's yeah. awful. My other, my other big traumatic design job was also a publication. Really? That I had to, it was my, it was one of my, uh, it was an offset print job that it was a catalog for a big national um, oh. national uh, book arts show that I designed when I was in grad school. And I had this giant paper debacle. Just, <laughs> I spec the wrong paper. The entire thing got printed on the wrong paper. Like it was, I, it was such a mess. It was such, and then, and then I also thought it was a great idea that we would hand make all the covers for this 1,000. Oh no. I know. So it was, that was bad. I, I, I feel like that was, I, I really, I was just like, that seems so much harder than the other one. Like I, I, I enlisted friends. Had you, had you just felt really ambitious after finishing the Gordian knot and just like, it was about six years in between these two. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So I think I just had forgotten, but at that I did use, I did use InDesign in this one. Because InDesign existed it, at that point. In 2002, yeah. it existed. So it wasn't good, but it also still isn't good. It still so, isn't good. You know, they introduced new slowness with each version. So that's And I something. still like every time I open InDesign, I just want to cry a little. I, I lay out all my zines in InDesign now. I, but I still the, like the listener can't see, but there's a tear running down true. Kate's and, face and, as she's and saying I this. still like scream to the gods like you you have one job in design. Why do you make it so difficult to print a book? Like, why do I have to do this like roundabout when I have to imposition pages like you have one <laughs> job? <laughs> I don't I don't get it. It is hard, though. I like, I mean, like to think about like my experience laying out like my first publication. Well, my my very first publication in school, ironically enough, was our BFA catalog. And I think no one had bothered to tell me that that was my job until <laughs> about if I recall, it was the day before <laughs> it was supposed to be oh sent to God. press. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. So it was God. just me and two people that I knew who who were just like sitting in the computer lab being like, ah, we got to throw this thing together as fast as possible. Man. Um, but like my literary journal, if that is even the, the right term for that publication, like we had so much money to work with. And that was a school that was like otherwise like like we were essentially in a decrepit motel as our art building. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Uh, I mean, as long as you didn't need to use the bathroom ever then you're fine. or go outside, yeah. which it was impossible to not do. Uh, because it was motel format. Um, it's a fine place. It was so weird and it didn't make any sense. And I I think I was so scared of that project. Yeah. But I think that's also, though, too, I feel like it. it well, I mean, you think about the things that the roles that we play now, Sean. Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned several times, like, where was 
where was the adult? Where was anyone? Where was anyone? And I, I don't feel like you and I are drag things. I don't feel like we put our like, like agenda, but we are definitely there to make sure that someone doesn't lay a book out in Illustrator. And we are definitely <laughs> there to hopefully make something that seems really scary, not scary. That yeah. we're there to like assist and make the process feel doable. Yeah. And to help people understand that like, and I, to to get back to the reason for this podcast existing, that like you cannot do anything in this field without having to accept that you're going to hit like failure, failure, yeah. failure. And one of those failures maybe is going to turn into something, but otherwise you're just, you have to keep powering through it yeah. and figuring out like what the next like meat is that you can grab onto. Well, and I think again, that I, goes I'm back imagine to just climbing up a giant, I guess. I, I like that. But I yeah. think that, I, I think that also just goes back to like, where initially like my grandma telling me that you just draw Katie, but it's like, it, you kind of do, you just, you have to. But the conditions have to be right in order for you just like, I'm just going to dive in. I'm just going to try this. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. And you know, it's going to suck. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. But hopefully, you know, the good outweighs the bad and the wins keep you moving forward. And a lot of the things that I did when I was in school, I don't think are very good at all. But yeah. the things that I learned from that stuff, I'm still applying to to things today what what would you say is your favorite thing that you made when you were in when, school when i was in school yeah. um the favorite my favorite thing that i made when i was in school it would have been it would have been it, it wasn't a school project it wasn't a school project and i think that's also and i, I think my favorite thing if i oh. look back at me being my my english major ceramic class taking graphic design major you know self like the the best the best thing that i um did was make those symposiums and coffee shops happen and i think that's also one of the reasons why i'm so like committed um encouraging to making sure that students at portland state like like start workshops, like yeah. do extracurricular, like it's the things that happen outside of the classroom, I think are, are the things that you, you really, really kind of like learn from too. Yeah. And I think like we really see, I mean, I, I like, I know at my, in my undergrad, we didn't really have a culture of like, you know, hanging out because it was a commuter school. You, you, I had to drive 40 minutes each way to get to school every day. Uphill. Uphill both ways somehow. <laughs> I think it actually was a, and uphill snow both ways. In Las Vegas. It's crazy. It did sometimes. <laughs> it just is weird when it happens and no one knows how to deal with it. You know, like I, I feel like we we get to see so many people who are just like learning not as much even from us as they are from each other. Exactly. And like it sounds like there was just a ton of that happening yes. for you like yes. in all those informal spaces. Yes. But I also know too that like Dr. Carmen, who was in charge of the writing center, yeah. he he like cooked that up. Like he, this, this was a scheme of this his. was a scheme of his. Like he knew because he had worked at College of the Ozarks since the 1970s and during the 1970s, it was a much more progressive, kind of almost like a utopian. Um, oh, the, hippie, like, like the back school. to the land. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, and then in the 1990s, that's when they got a super conservative president. And he's still the president to this day. Oh, um, Dr. Jerry Davis. Um, and he he really like that's when I mean, Dr. Jerry Davis is a talking head on Fox and Friends. Oh, I'm not good. even kidding you. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> Lovely. And uh, Dr. Carmen oh. no longer works at, at College of the Ozarks because, I mean, he's I mean, he's retired now. But but like he left, he left. I feel like the mid 90s was when a lot of the instructors, professors that were there in the 70s, they either got fired yeah. or they just quit. And so it was kind of like I feel like Carmen's um, mission agenda was to basically save the kids that he felt like were um that that needed i mean we were saved in a different way i guess <laughs> you know um you you went to christian school and you got saved i did. think that's we, the that that that's the thesis that's of this true. yeah that's true but um i mean the environment was really it was really it's so funny because it's 
again, my, my friend Zach, who is in Portland with me, like, even though we've been out of school for 20 some years, it was such a weird environment that we still can't stop talking about it. Like we had these required convocations that we had to go to and like this, weekly or yeah. Oh yeah. But it was like, we had um, Exodus international, which is the pray the gay way people. Oh no. Come to campus. And I mean, it was just like things like that where like, we're just like, what the hell <laughs> is going on? And so these teachers that they made these safe spaces yeah. for us, basically. We weren't censored in these symposiums. We weren't censored in these coffee shops. We could express ourselves in any way that we wanted to. We were very much off the grid, off the radar of the college administration. And I feel like Carmen really worked hard to to protect us in that way, too. Yeah. And so, like... Yeah, I just I feel like his role as I think I only took like one class from him, you know, but he was such a he was such a um, transformative presence as a teacher that that is something that I like I I carry with me as a teacher today because I do I truly feel that like as a teacher. Like now I'm going into my, I had my first class in the fall of 2001. So we're going, this is now we're doing, this is like my 20th year, proper 20, because this is also my first week of school was 9-11. Like that was (laughs) like, I was, I was a first year grad student. I had my own class and I like, it was, it was, it was 846 in the morning. It was my first, my type one class. Like, wait, you were literally starting on 9-11. Yeah, it was it was we did. I had a week of class. Up so this is like my third class that I had with them. Um, oh, no. And I just remember it was like it was very anyway, not to go down that. But that was so it's been 20 years. It's not like you go to school for teaching when you God no. when you teach <laughs> at a university. You don't. No, you don't. They don't. They don't give you a lot of intel. They don't give you. And and like some grad schools might have a pedagogy class. The one that I went to <laughs> did not. Like I basically the way that I learned how to teach was to teach in honor towards the good experiences that I had in the classroom and to teach against the bad experiences that I had in the classroom. And yeah. that's what I've been doing ever since, basically. Um, and so like Carmen, whether he, I don't think he really kind of like laid a good blueprint for me about what it means to support your students, protect your students, let your students experiment, let them try like the most ridiculous things. And, and, but also be like a little bit like also hands off too, but also still very aware of what is going on. And, um, and I just, I, I, I've I, like, he, he is just someone that I have always carried with me. And I'm really excited to, I was messaging with him on Facebook because he posted on my wall. Um, <laughs> he posted on my wall as he was like, what's, what's up with Zach? I haven't heard from him in a while. And I was like, Hey, and I messaged, I said, do you want to, do you want to do a zoom with, with me and Zach? Um, and we're going to do that next Sunday afternoon. So yeah, he's, he's a good guy. That's very sweet. <laughs> Um, Kate, yeah, Sean. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to to plug? Mm, let me think. Well, um, I can't imagine that someone who mainly does event type things <laughs> would have anything at all coming up. We're starting. We're doing. We're doing in person workshops again at Outlet. At Outlet. So Outlet. Outlet is your yeah. your other that. So Outlet is Outlet. PSU is not enough to contain no, all of your see, creative. Really, energy. like also too, like I Outlet is something. Outlet started as my studio um, about four years ago, yeah. but it was really kind of more of like a public studio where I also did like events. Um, but it's quickly turned into a risograph print business and a studio and a workshop space. It was a, a very, a very natural, slow evolution. It also like, has a big zine library. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Zach teaches classes out of there every once in a while. Like You've it's, got a it's, whole lot of stuff for sale in there too. Yeah, like, I do. I do. I do. It's really it's, lovely greeting cards. It's and a whole, pins and... a whole, there's no paper mache avocado, although there is a giant paper mache uh, Cheeto pinata that's hanging. <laughs> in there that my <laughs> former student 
and current friend Tina Snowley gave me for my birthday several years ago. So unfortunately, it's gotten less healthy as, oh, yeah. as the years have yeah, gone Yeah, avocados, on. like, no, no, it's all Cheetos. Um, but I we just started doing um, in-person workshops again after doing virtual workshops for the last 50 years, it feels like. But um, <laughs> but we ha- we did our first, we're still doing virtual workshops because that's been really great. Yeah, um, probably excellent if there are folks that are interested in learning about the uh, weird magic that is the Rizograph absolutely, outside absolutely. of Portland. And I do have to say, we did our first in-person workshop um, last Saturday. And I was like, how do these go? How, how do we how do we teach in person again? And at the end of the three hours, I felt like I was on like the best drugs. It was so good. And we had another in person workshop um, yesterday. And again, that's, that feeling was I'm like, now I'm just like chasing that high. Yeah, because I, I don't know how long how like if that's going to wear off or or I just love it. And it makes me really excited to um have IRL interactions with our students again, too. I know that's going to be slow going, but it really makes me excited. I, I feel like teaching online has been fine, but it's also I've been missing the sizzle. I've been missing the magic that being in a space yeah. creates. I got a little taste of that last Saturday and I am like, I just forgot how good it felt. <laughs> it felt so good. And I just I can't wait for that again. I can't. If people want to learn more about Outlet, where, yeah. where can they find it? Um, OutletPDX.com. <gasps> if you are on um, the Instagram, it's OutletPDX. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Premier landing page. I know. Right. Right. Thank you for listening to Did I Do That? Which is definitely, again, the name of this show. And it hasn't changed at all. And if you heard any references to maybe any other names there, you, that was just a ghost. That was a ghost that was whispering it to you. Maybe that's what the show Ghost Whisperer is about. I haven't seen it. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you enjoyed this show, tell a friend wherever they are. If they're trapped in trapped in the cybersphere, well, maybe try to get them out. Like, I think they would appreciate that. It's probably pretty bad in there, just knowing kind of the Internet in in general. But once they get out, maybe they would enjoy the listen this good sentence. Yeah, maybe they would enjoy hearing the show. So tell them about it. I would give them a minute, maybe like give them a towel or something or just like a little like a, some breathing room, maybe maybe a, like a cookie and some juice. Um, yeah. Uh, so tell tell a friend about this bad show <laughs> where I say things like that. Um, and uh, you know maybe uh, maybe maybe give us a, a a a thumbs up or a star field or a whatever it is that your podcast platform uses the highest one attainable. I think it's five stars on most, but I have been surprised before. So uh, if you do that, I will appreciate it. Um, And uh, yeah, it it also helps get the word out about the show. If you want to learn more, check out the show notes, Um, but you can also check out uh, the, the new website that this show has, which is did I do that dot design. Um, and you can go from there. Um, I'm Sean Schumacher, and this is Did I Do That? A show that is definitely not... Oh, God. <laughs> I gotta start coming up with these beforehand. This is not the way to do it. Jesus. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> When I like actually like a lot of these things have been like, oh, this was fun. This was a happy accident. Oh, this wasn't. But this was where I was just like, this isn't good. <laughs> this is this is where things went off the rails. Because it, it involved the computer. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get around it. <laughs> I, it's it's hard to make books just freehand. Um, I mean, I do it now. Unless you're a monk <laughs> or you now. 